0: Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock and thanks a lot for joining us this week. It is about time. We are welcoming fans back to Rock City on Saturday night, March the 5th. That's this Saturday night, 7 o'clock, when we host the New York Riptide. It's 90s night. I don't know if you need any other particular reasons to get out to this game on Saturday night, but the Rock are looking to avenge a heartbreaking 14-13 loss to the New York Riptide last week in New York on Long Island. They get that chance this Saturday night, 7 o'clock, in Rock City, 90s night. I don't think, I don't know, the excitement level right now around the Toronto Rock Athletic Center, the Toronto Rock office, around Rock City, the fan base, everybody is absolutely pumped to get back into the arena this weekend and play in front of fans. And I think, as you'll hear Reed touch on in our interview, and that is Reed Reinhold. That's who our guest will be this week. You'll hear Reed talk about just how important it is uh, to the guys and and how much it means to them to be back playing in front of you. The fans of the Toronto Rock this Saturday night at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton should mention right off the top, grade seats are still available. Things are moving quickly and the lower bowl is trending towards being full. So you're going to want to get those tickets as soon as possible. You can go to TorontoRock.com, click on that tickets menu drop down and you'll see a whole bunch of options. You'll see the 90s night pack there. You'll see the Welcome Backpack if you're interested in committing to come to the rest of the regular season games. Fantastic deal there if you want to take advantage of the Welcome Backpack. Um, you've also got, you know, single-game tickets. You can just pick a couple seats, buy them on Ticketmaster, and away you go as well. There's the Family Pack, which includes four tickets, four soft drinks, two popcorns for just 120 bucks. So amazing deals, and that's all in, that number. Same thing with the 90s Night Pack. No additional fees on top of that. That's two tickets and two fanny packs for 60 bucks. So those two deals are phenomenal. Great way to get into the building, either with a little bit of rock swag with the 90s night pack or with some food and beverage with the family pack. So opportunities, options, as we said earlier in the week, more options than you can shake a lacrosse stick at. It's all there at TorontoRock.com. And when you get into that tickets menu, you can select uh, any one of a number of different options that will suit you. And if you want to bring a group to the game, that is still possible as well. You need to either call the Toronto Rock Ticket Office at 416-596-3075, or you can just send an email to Tickets, plural, because you're going to need more than one, for a group. Tickets at torontorock.com and get those seats for Saturday night. Bring... Everyone that you can tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell everyone. Toronto Rock are back and playing in front of fans this Saturday night, March the 5th, 7 o'clock, against the New York Riptide, first Ontario Center in Hamilton. We're excited. But we're gonna jump right into our guest here this week on the podcast, and that is none other than Toronto Rock Forward and National lacrosse League Players Association Vice President. Reed Reinhold. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and I am currently joined by Toronto Rock forward Reed Reinhold. Reed, how are you doing today?
1: Doing pretty good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, and this is a big deal for you, obviously. First time on the pod, I believe. Yeah, I think it is. Very impressed with the setup. yeah you got a lot going on here (laughs) Um, All right, well let's uh, let's let Toronto Rock fans get to know you a little bit better because uh, not having been on the pod some people may not know your whole story of how you got to the National Lacrosse League where you started your collegiate career all that kind of stuff so why don't you take us back a little bit on the lacrosse resume and just tell us uh, you know where you played your minor ball junior ball that kind of thing and uh, how you ended up at uh, Limestone for your college
1: career Oh, boy, this is uh, <laughs> a long trip getting there. Um, I grew up in, in Coquitlam. I uh, played all my minor in Coquitlam and, and ended up playing junior in Coquitlam as well. I went to the University of Victoria for two years after that and then um, ultimately decided to go down to Limestone University. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get drafted when I uh, entered the draft in the NLL. And luckily, as I was heading out to school in Ontario, um, I was invited out to a camp with with Toronto and just tried to make the best of it and I've um, been here ever since.
0: I'll talk a little bit about that journey when you say you uh, Vic and then Limestone and whatnot. Uh, I guess a lot of this was due to career choice, I'm guessing, and what you wanted to do. and maybe tell everybody a little bit about uh, that journey as well in terms of your career choice and, and what you've landed on there.
1: Yeah, I was really set on taking engineering, and so I left some of the uh, American opportunities behind in in order to pursue engineering at University of Victoria, and and after about uh, a year, I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I was in computer science engineering, and uh, I quickly realized that people had been programming a lot longer than I had, and I was (laughs) a a couple steps behind, and so I, I transitioned to more business economics, and that opened up some doors to go down to the States and, and pursue um, that that degree um, down in the States. And so um, I, I finished off my my degree down there and then took a year off and, and studied for the LSATs. And then um, ended up going to Western University for law school and then uh, playing with the rock at the same time.
0: So what was it about a career in law that uh, interests you?
1: Well, originally I... I wanted to get into sports, and I felt like law was a good way to get um, a foot in the door. Um, I know a lot of agents and, and team executives and things like that had law degrees, and so I, I wanted to be able to try to get a law degree in order to, to get in, and, and so far I, I completed my articling, um, wrote the bar, and then um, I was elected the vice president of the Players Association, and, and I've been doing that ever since.
0: And that's truly something fascinating because I don't know how many players are actively playing and have an active role in their players association the way you do in professional sports. Are there other athletes in other sports that are in similar situations as you or uh, is no. lacrosse super unique that way?
1: <laughs> not, not to the same degree. Um, the, the NBA has their, their president and vice presidents be active players. Um, and so that's where Zach Courier and I first kind of got the idea that this is something that we can do and, and our interests will be aligned with the players and it, and it gives us a bit of a unique perspective because we are, our boots are on the ground, we're in the locker rooms, we're first hand at all the issues and so we thought um, we were, we we're in a good position to take over those roles. So when you're going
0: into this role and you're talking about you know your vision and everything being aligned with the players, being that you guys were current players, what are what are the key things going into something like this that you wanna wanna tackle over your tenure here as VP of the NLLPA? I mean, we can even talk about that, even the the name change too. What was uh, what was behind that?
1: Uh, we wanted to have more alignment with the league, um, more brand alignment and. All the other major PAs, is that's how they operated. Um, The PLPA was named that because I believe they wanted to unionize some other sports, uh, not not other sports, other lacrosse leagues like the outdoor league, and so they wanted to have a bit more of an all-encompassing name, but um, our focus is the NLL, and so we wanted to have a name that reflected that and uh, get some new branding and, and things like that out.
0: Yeah, so back to, you know, what what are the key objectives here that you guys, I mean, maybe entered this into and what you've seen them evolve into since you got started?
1: We just wanted a a lot of transparency uh, throughout the union, and our ultimate goal is to help the league grow and have the players grow with it. Um, We want to be able to provide the players with as much resources as we can, whether it be on the floor or off the floor, you know, trying to get – investment partners, advice, um, all all sorts of things. Any type of um, benefit we can help our players get, we're going to pursue, and and that's kind of our main goal.
0: Now, the league has gone through a a major change here off the floor with Nick Sakevich stepping down as the league's commissioner. How does that affect anything that you guys are doing here in the short term?
1: Uh, It won't affect too much. Our our day-to-day, we... We spoke with Jessica Berman and, and Max Twer and Brian Lemon mostly. So our day-to-day hasn't changed much yet. Um, we haven't noticed much of a change. It's been pretty seamless. I know Nick's staying on an advisory role for a few months here. Um, but so far on our end, it's it hasn't changed the day-to-day much at all.
0: So let's talk about lacrosse and when you uh, ended up signing as a free agent here with the Toronto Rock and take us back to um – you know, just having to earn a spot in the pros and, and what that experience was like. Take us back then to that first game uh, against Saskatchewan and uh, and what that was like uh, getting on the floor at the pro level.
1: It was pretty nerve-wracking. Um, I I got hurt in training camp. I had uh, I tweaked my, my hamstring and so I was kind of on the fence and then some other players had a similar injury and so I wasn't sure if I was going to be getting in the lineup or not. I know both my parents were waiting eagerly on the phone call to see if I was going to be playing and and I found out I think Thursday night that I was in and so they they booked their flights the next morning and met me and we had dinner the night before Um, it was just a bit of a whirlwind experience but uh, I think we ended up pulling in the game out we had a young team Um, yeah it was it was just a complete blast (laughs) (laughs)
0: and what was the connection to Toronto in the beginning because I mean you being a western guy you know at the team at the time the team of Vancouver was maybe struggling a little bit and still trying to find its way uh, um, out west there and um, you know as an undrafted free agent what made you want to come east just the fact you're at western or was it anything
1: else that was a big piece but I also I knew Challen Rogers out here as well, and um, Wesley Berg had played here in the summers, and I'd heard nothing but good things about the Toronto Rock and the organization. And obviously, they're all true. And um, I, I think my coach, um, when I was in Coquitlam, was also uh, had a connection with with Jamie, and so he he had told me some kind words and things like that as well. And I I knew that the Rock. We're going through a bit of a changing of the guards. Um, Shooter was kind of stepping away. Doiley was kind of stepping away, and so there was um, a lot of room to grow with this team. And, um, and so I thought it was a good opportunity as well.
0: So now we uh, fast forward a little bit to uh, today and what we're going through. Um, you know, let's let's start by talking about the start of the season and finally getting back to playing again after you know, over a year away and COVID and the pandemic and everything, and, and just talk about what that's been like for you, just getting a chance to get back on the floor and
1: compete. Oh, it's been awesome. I think, uh, you know, whether you have an injury or, or whether it's something else that holds you away from the sport, it kind of uh, renews your love and your excitement and everything for the sport. So I know myself, along with all our teammates and everybody across the league was just chomping at the bit to get out there. Um, so it's, it's been awesome.
0: And then conversely, I guess here, playing without fans at home and the anticipation going into this Saturday night of being back in Rock City with the fans there first take us back to just what it's been like, what it was like scoring a goal or playing at home and turning around and, oh, there's nobody there to
1: <laughs> to cheer you on. <laughs> it was a bit awkward at times, but I thought uh, we did a good job filling the air with some some crowd noise and some music and things like that. And um, Sometimes when you're playing the game, you don't even really – notice the crowd as, as much as uh, people might think um, so it was a little bit weird in one sense but at the same time it uh, it was business as usual as well
0: and what do you think it's gonna be like this Saturday night what's the what's the excitement even around with the guys right now is everybody are the guys talking about it is it business as usual I can't imagine that it's just yeah we're going to have to play another game
1: I think the guys are super excited we we play for our fans, and so we, we want them out there and experiencing this with us. Um, and it's 90s night, and I know all the guys are, are eager about that. We don't necessarily have to wear suits this this weekend, and so I think guys have been having some fun thinking up some outfits and things like that and different facial hair things to do and, <laughs> and all sorts of different stuff. I know the music will be good, and, yeah. and I'm a 90s kid, so... I love it I can't wait for it
0: (laughs) is there anything you can tease let out of the bag here that we might see on Saturday night from and I'm interested about the facial hair thing I mean is this something you can turn around on
1: (laughs) on short notice or well me personally no (laughs) because I don't grow much facial hair but uh some of the guys with beards I heard Jalen talking uh talking about some creative ideas that he might have adam (laughs) j might get a little crazy with his hair i I don't know we'll see (laughs) all right well this is
0: gonna be exciting make sure everybody's dialed into all the rock social channels to uh catch those photos and videos coming into it and uh we do have to talk even more so about the actual lacrosse on the floor and last week in new york a game that uh You know, I think in some ways everybody wants to forget, but at the same time you can't forget because you need to learn from, uh, from games like that and experiences like that. So maybe break it down for us. What you saw in that game, one that, uh, it seemed to start kind of, you don't want to say easy necessarily, but two quick goals by Tom. And I think everybody's probably feeling pretty good at that point. And then, uh, it turned into a bit of a dogfight from there.
1: Yeah. We knew they were a a strong team and their record didn't necessarily reflect, um, their ability, because there was a ton of one-goal losses, overtime losses, and, and things like that. And so we went in there, respecting our opponent, um, but we had a lot of good looks early, and we didn't capitalize on all of them. And, and maybe the game would be different if we did. But uh, it was a weird one. It was back and forth. We were, were, we were working hard, but just, just things didn't, you know, the whole game didn't come together the way we were hoping, and. Um, Luckily, like you said, it's, it's a learning experience, and we have them again this weekend. And So after a loss, if you get to play the same team the next weekend, that's exactly what you want. Um, so I think everybody has a renewed, fo- renewed focus this week and uh, is ready to go.
0: So, fans were watching the game late in the game. There was a call in the corner. I believe <laughs> someone <laughs> who shall remain remain nameless might have been pretty upset about it what what I have never seen Reed Reinhold so mad <laughs>
1: uh i think I think part of my anger is just missing the shot to begin with, but uh yeah the the player. Had covered the ball with his hand, and uh yeah, the ref allowed them to call a timeout, and so I was a little bit upset about that.
0: Needless to say, you disagreed. <laughs> I disagreed with yes. the call. <laughs>
1: that was good to see. It was kind of,
0: it was entertaining. You know, it was frustrating probably at the time, but it's good we can look back and uh, laugh a bit about it. But so now you come in and and maybe just talk about you know a little bit about how great it is in some respects to be able to play that team again just seven days later and and perhaps not only prove to the league, but hopefully prove to yourselves that that wasn't the Toronto rock maybe that they saw in that last game against New York.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's nice because your, your preparation doesn't change a whole lot. You usually will watch our past game and then we'll watch the other team's past game, but those games are the exact same. So um, I guess it cuts down a bit of our scouting and, and that type of stuff. But um, I think we know what we need to do. We know how, how they're going to play. We need to be more defensively responsible uh, as an offense and, um, and all those types of things.
0: Now, I always like to wrap up by uh, asking guys either what you like to do in your spare time, but more specifically, usually what guys are watching. So is there anything that you have been uh, diving into lately that you should, or that you would like to recommend to uh, all the fans in Rock City?
1: I watched um, Inventing Anna recently. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I was hooked, especially by the last couple episodes. I needed to know what the uh, the end story was. And then um, off of a recommendation from Latrell, I started the Kanye West documentary this week. Oh, yeah. And I've found that pretty interesting. I can't believe he had someone filming him so early (laughs) in his career he was he he was just so confident that he was going to be successful and and so was the guy filming him that he moved to New York and and followed him ever since he ever made it big and so I thought that was pretty impressive that he had you know such self-confidence in himself and oftentimes there's somebody who's who doesn't believe in themselves that much but other people do and they're trying to convince them that they need to to have more faith in themselves. But his is almost the opposite. He believes in himself, and he knows he's going to make it. But he has to convince everybody else that that he's going to make it. So it's a uh, hmm. it's an interesting one. So how old how old would he have been when this started? I don't, I'm not sure how old he was, but I he started producing when he was 13 years old, and so I think he. It could have started before he was he was 20. I'm not sure when the footage is from. But uh, it's interesting because he was such a good producer when he was younger and everyone was kind of convinced that he was just going to be a producer. But uh, obviously looking back, we know he's much more than that. So were you
0: were you or are you a big Kanye fan?
1: Um, I think he's growing on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always, I've always found him an interesting character. Yeah. And I've enjoyed his music. I think it's really unique. Um, I think he kind of changed the landscape of rap and, and hip hop, but uh, some of his antics I find a, a little <laughs> bit much, but I think he's grown on me a little bit.
0: <laughs> what was his outfit at the Super Bowl?
1: I don't what know. It yeah, <laughs> yeah, I it know. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. odd, different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that uh, Inventing Anna, that's what it's called. Yeah. Right. And, and that starring. Ruth Langmore from Ozark, right? Yeah, I'm no, not actually her
1: sure her Julia I'm not sure Garland, her real name.
0: <laughs> I think. Anyways. Her voices are like so unique and powerful. Mm-hmm. And like, spoiler, have you watched the most recent season of Ozark? Yeah. Like her scream in that last episode is like, I don't know. I think it'll be legendary, legendary. But uh I'm I've actually been Thinking about uh, watching that Inventing Anna just because of her and, you know, some of the interviews I've seen and how she works on her different, you know, I guess, dialects or the voices and stuff and how she develops them. And I did see the one thing where she was talking about how she created this the voice for this specific character. And it was pretty fascinating to hear her talk through that whole situation, how she uh, basically created that character. She's pretty. She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Reader. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Fantastic first appearance on the pod here. <laughs> first of first of many, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Good luck this weekend. And uh, yeah, hopefully we will do this again soon.
1: Hope to see all of Rock City out there.
0: There we go. There's the call from the VP of the NLL Players Association. So you want to listen to that guy. <laughs> all right. That was Reid Reinhold of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap it up in a moment. Wrapping things up here on Toronto Rock Total Access. Great chat there with Reed Reinhold, and hopefully uh, Rock City got to know him a little bit better and uh, a little bit about what he's watching and a little bit about his journey to the National Lacrosse League, which was a little bit less traditional than a lot of guys. You don't see that many guys undrafted and make it and stick in the National Lacrosse League for you know a longer amount of time. And the Toronto Rock have a few guys like that. Brandon Slade, undrafted. Reed Reinhold, undrafted, another really good guy who was undrafted. Tom Schreiber, so the Toronto Rock have done a pretty good job of finding those diamonds in the rough and uh, you know turning them into uh, great professionals. Uh, the likes of Reed Reinhold, who is obviously going on to do uh, much bigger things in the NLL um, with being the vice president of the NLLPA. So again, thanks to Reed for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll have Reed on the podcast again at some point uh, in the near future great chat with him so reminder tickets still on sale for saturday night when the toronto rock hosts the new york riptide as i said off the top of the show many different options go to torontorock.com click on the tickets drop down menu there and you'll see all kinds of different options as to how you can get in the rink other big news this week around the toronto rock The team has announced that uh, we will be wearing our Steel City black and gold jerseys again on Saturday, March 26th at the end of the month on Kids Night. Reminder that's an early five o'clock start for that game. But the bigger news surrounding the jerseys in the short term is that this Saturday night at First Ontario will be the general public's first opportunity to get their hands on replica Steel City jerseys. All right, these were not on sale. On December the 18th, when the team wore the Steel City jerseys for the first time, the new third alternate jersey for the team. Um, So this is your first chance. They're going to be on sale. They're going to be in the building, replica jerseys. On Saturday night, this Saturday, that'll be your first chance to get them at the Toronto Rock Team Store. And then on Monday, March the 7th, there will be a limited number of jerseys that will go on sale here at the Toronto Rock Lacrosse Shop located at the Toronto Rock Athletic Centre. So that'll be Monday, March 7th. So the Monday after this weekend's game, if you weren't able to get to the game and get your hands on one of the replica jerseys, you will be able to do that on Monday, March the 7th, right here at the track. So uh, something to circle on your calendars. Hopefully you get down to the game on the weekend if you want one of these jerseys. If not, you can venture out to uh, Oakville here And uh, get your hands on one of them. They are gorgeous. The replicas are beautiful as well. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of people take advantage of picking up some of the merchandise the first time around. And, uh, you know, it was was actually pretty interesting to see because that was the weekend of Border Wars here at the track. and, And being here at the facility on the Sunday, December 19th, after the game on the 18th. It was pretty cool to see the number of people that had clearly been at the game the night before and picked up some of the uh, Steel City merchandise, the black and gold stuff. So all that will be available at the game as well this weekend. Uh, Lots of great stuff going on. Amazing merchandise. The store is restocked and ready to go for everybody who's been waiting to get their hands on some new stuff, uh, not having had the opportunity to attend games and pick stuff up recently. So uh, that's uh, another thing to look forward to um you can check that out of course located on the concourse uh behind section 114-115 in that area there so don't forget to do that but before you do any of that make sure you get your tickets for saturday night's game TorontoRock.com, ticketmaster.ca um you can get those single game tickets so that, I think, will about wrap things up for this week's episode of Toronto Rock Total Access. Don't forget uh, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, listen to us, uh, follow us on SoundCloud as well so you never miss an episode of the podcast. And next week, not sure who we have coming up for a guest, but uh, you'll want to listen anyways because it'll be entertaining. We hope. <laughs> All right. So in the meantime, and in between time, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with, and we will chat next week.